good evening. I have a thought right now that's in my mind. I haven't really thought it through before sharing with you guys, but I wanted to kind of just talk it through um, at the same time as I'm sharing it. I was thinking about newness. So basically when a relationship is new, it's very exciting. Uh, there's mysteries. You don't know each other. You're getting to know each other. It's infatuation. Um, just a real exciting time. Uh, the same for, you know, going to, if you'd like to travel, go to a new place. That newness of that place and all the areas to explore and to see the uniqueness of the place can be really um, exciting and um, just, you know, delightful. Um, jobs. We get a job. It's exciting. It's new. The people's new. Um, what you're doing is new. And for some people, I know some people have different experiences. I'm not talking about the exceptions. I'm talking about general. Um, but there will be that excitement of the new job. You know, you're, you're ready to get up every morning and hit it. Um, the new experiences that you have, it, it's, it's exciting. Sometimes for a new church, going to a new church is exciting. You've got, you know, you're neither side uh, yourself or the church you're going into knows anything bad about you. They don't know uh, the attitude you might get or you don't know their attitudes they get. You don't know their awkwardness when they're, you know, outside of church. You don't know the different things like that. Therefore, it can, um, that newness can be exciting. It's, it's kind of like that honeymoon stage. So you're at the honeymoon stage in all of these these situations that, I, that I'm referring to. And um, so that's all fine. That's all exciting and that's great. However, there's this one thing. We can't always be having something new happen in our lives. And so if we're only going to be excited and feel that infatuation and, and joy when something's new, then we're going to have to forever be changing and doing something new and basically being unstable in order to keep newness and excitement in our lives. Well, that's not realistic. Yeah, it's exciting and it's fun for newness and the mysteries of, of what newness comes with mysteries. So solving those mysteries and exploring and seeing them and their uniqueness can be, um, you know, the, the part of the excitement. So the reality is you can't move to a new house on a constant basis. You can't move to a new town on a constant basis, go to a different church on a constant basis, change churches on a constant basis. Uh, and, and marry, obviously, on a constant basis. So what are we going to do? How do we keep that joy? How do we keep that joy flowing? And that's kind of what I'm wanting to kind of explore out loud right now with myself. I just want to 
kind of talk it through and, and see humanity. I guess maybe that, um, maybe that's a fleshly thing, you know, maybe it's not a spiritual thing to need something new on a constant basis. And I know you can always change things up. You know, I think we have to kind of look for stability while making things new and reinventing things. So we, we see in marriage and I'm not married, so I'm only speaking from an, you know, an outsider, but we, we see that obviously marriage was meant to last, but humanity gets bored. And not only do they get bored, they get annoyed with one another. You know, I really like uh, something that was mentioned uh, through a minister um, online. He said that when you're first getting together, it, opposites attract. And once you are together, the very thing that you are attracted to now drives you crazy. So whereas before it was an opposite, now it's driving you crazy, you know. So I'm thinking, and that is so true. Um, the, the thing about being married to someone and needing that constant refreshing and it's something that I, I guess you, it just seems like you would have to really seek God on how to keep that relationship feeling energized and feeling um, renewed in a way. Um, I think as we grow as individuals, I'm not the same person I was as a teenager. I'm not the same person I was in my 20s. And I'm not the same person, you know, that I am in my um, 30s, I would say. Maybe, maybe so the late 30s because I'm just now hitting 40s. So, but, you know, I'm forever changing. And I know that the, each year as I grow and I... I guess I feel like I get more circumcised in my heart. Things are more uh, cut away out of my life. Things are being more separated uh, from my flesh and I'm walking more in the spirit. I'm just changing and what I would have settled for back in my 20s and then even different settling, but what I would have settled for in my 30s, so different than what I would settle for now. And so I've been changing so much. And in every season of my walk, I would have benefited from having someone present and, and to have loved and to have been in that kind of intimacy with someone. So how do you balance this forever changing inside of you and keep in stability and not being up and down, unpredictable, and in a state of, you know, bipolar almost, just where you need constant excitement, and without it, you're, you're, you're bored. I think uh, some of that bipolar stuff is just humanity. I think that's what flesh is. It just gets bored. And, um, but nonetheless, how do we keep uh, renewing, for, say, instance, my job? I love what I do. 
I help people. I, I, I'm a life coach with these people. Um, and we talk things through it. It's not, I don't get to do the life coaching as much and as, um, as I specifically would want to, but I have to do it in the way that it's presented to me at this point. But the, the newness of that job, um, was an abundance of energy for me. It caused me to have a level of energy that after the job wore down and after the, the newness wore down, I just didn't seem to have that energy for it anymore. And what once made me excited, now kind of I dreaded, you know? And it, it's just amazing to me how we are as humans. And, and, and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so how do we change this? How do we keep the love there, the joy there, the zest for it? How do we keep that going? And I think for me, I had it. I wasn't able to find anything outside of God. I had to keep going back when I found myself dreading the things that I once loved. I had to question that. How could I have loved it so much and now I'm dreading it? That does it doesn't make sense. It's what was once a blessing is now becoming a burden. No. So I have been just seeking God on teaching me how to see it differently. How to see it differently. You know, when you are sick and you're tired say your body is physically tired and you're really sick and maybe your stomach is is upset and you suddenly someone shows you something that was once such a joy to eat or um you just loved say you loved pizza and you see someone show you a big you know pizza or brings in a big pizza that state of mind that you're in and that place that you are physically in and mentally in doesn't have the joy for that pizza you're looking at it in a total different view and it's amazing because it's all about the mindset now obviously that's a physical sickness that you know but a lot of what we're going into with these situations is the changing of our mind you know maybe there was over time um, some stress that got involved over time expectations got involved Maybe there was disappointments along the way. Suddenly, what you did with a pure heart, pure intentions, began to be, you know, squashed. And along the way, you've picked up some baggages, baggage to go with what you're doing. And now what once was um, free spirit has turned stressful because... Now you're, you know, different things are being pushed upon you and you're dealing with different elements of it. You know, maybe you're dealing with, um, in my case, you know, well, there's, there's a lot of different people that can get involved with what I'm doing to really start to smash the joy of what I'm doing. Um, and so as, as long as I'm able to do it just my way and the way that it flows it feels enjoyable and it works out just fine but when other people begin to judge it and put their opinions on it and how I should do it and you know different avenues like that it takes the joy out of it 
But I think about marriage. And for marriage, it's one of the, it's the prime one. I mean, there is none bigger in my eyes than marriage when it comes to losing the joy of the marriage. And so, um, I find it so sad because divorce is to be expected in our society. Um, there's nothing abnormal about going ahead and saying, yeah, I'm done with this marriage. That That's not, you know, people are very quick to run to that kind of mindset versus run to the mindset of marriage is hard. I don't care who you are. I don't care who I marry. Marriage will be hard. Relationships are hard. No matter who I get entangled with, it's going to be hard. And so instead of looking at it like that's life, relationships are expected to be hard. They're not expected to be paradise all the time. And um, what we do is immediately, because the pressure's on, we've got the, the pressure of the house and all the things that break and tear down in that house. And we have the pressure of remodeling the house and trying to get the house up to a level that, you know, is our expectations. We've got the kids and we've got the needs of each of those people. And we have the needs of uh, the financial burden and the need to work and to work more so that we can give more. And we've got the pressures that come along with, you know, having a boss or an owner of our, you know, the company we work for and the expectations there. And then we've got the expectations of our wife or of our husband. And then we've got the expectation of the children uh, looking up to us as the, the parent. And we've got the criticism of all of this coming at us at times. And then we've got, you know, some people, and in my case, in my past, go to churches where, you know, the expectation to be perfect as a Christian and to uh, make sure you just don't mess up. You walk that fine and straight and narrow and you don't mess up. The pressure of that is all coming at us. And before you know it, we've cracked. And now we're expected to try to find the joy in the marriage. And so, you know, and, and granted, we have to be okay when the newness goes away. And, um, you know, I know I, I kind of went off there in a different direction with what happens to us on the stress level of marriage and life. But going back to the, you know, the newness, because I know that's where there's something about the newness that causes us to be able to interact with or handle, I should say, all the different elements of life that come at us with a, a level of strength. That joy and that newness is so um, energizing. It, it takes us like we suddenly had no muscles and now we have big old muscles. We can take on this stuff because we've got this extra boost of something we did not have before to fight this battle or to fight, to face life. And so I'm trying to, to sit down and analyze and think through biblically seek God on how do we keep the same joy. Maybe the joy changes. Maybe we don't look at it from the newness and the mystery behind it all, but now we look at it from a different angle. Now there's no mystery there and there's no newness there, but there's got to be a way to still feel the joy of doing what you do and, and being in that marriage or going to that church. 
you know, for me, um, the church that I attend, it's not so much that I feel joy about going to that church. I feel more joy about knowing that I'm in the will of God. Because I'll be honest with you, I miss my old church. I miss the... I went, And ironically, I wasn't totally involved in the church as much as most everyone else was. Uh, I was pretty much a constant outsider in a lot of ways. But I loved the structure and the... Everything was just kind of set up for me and I didn't have to put any work into it. And I liked that. Um, but... At that church, it was um, it was just easy to go there. So that was the joy for me there. The new church, it's not that I enjoy going there. I just enjoy knowing that I'm in God's will. I know that I'm doing what He wants me to do. And I'm finding joy in being in the place He sends me to. And learning. And in this new place, I'm taking on a whole new level of service and of um, being obedient to God than I have in the past when I was at the other church. So although I wouldn't say, oh, I love this church more and I'm getting more joy out of it, even though it's new, as a matter of fact, I've had a lot of struggles. I've had the absolute opposite. Nonetheless, I am finding joy in the fact that I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm being pushed out of my comfort zone, I'm taking on new level of servanthood, servanthood, and to know that I'm pleasing God is way more enjoyable for me than um, enjoyable than anything else that I could be doing. So. Let's take that to the, my job. The joy that I take from my job now, it, and, it, and it, for this part, it, it has been, even from the beginning, the people that I work with, um, some of them, because of their disabilities, they are naive to the evil of the world. They don't know how to put up walls. Now, not all of them. Okay. But a lot of them, they don't know how to um, be anything else but themselves. They don't know how to put on, um, how to mask and act like the world can act sometimes. You know, it's just they're very pure. They're very innocent. They're very naive. It's so... Uh, I love being around an environment where you can be with people that are naive to potential evil in the world and they don't have that ability at times to know that the manipulation that goes on in the world. So... I get joy from being around those kind of people and that, that I get to do with my job. I also get joy and a major amount of joy from helping people reach goals they never thought they could reach. 
And so I have to remind myself of this whenever I feel weary because I have worked 60 hours that week and I'm jumping right back in Monday, you know, maybe over the weekend I had to do busy stuff all weekend just to turn around and see Monday, like feel like it was two hours away instead of two days away. And here I am back in Monday and I'm thrown right back into this tornado uh, that's going to throw me out on Friday. And I know that's hitting me. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes when you've done it for a couple of years. It starts to weigh on you and you see Monday coming and there's a level of anxiety that starts to build. Can't. So for me, I have to really remind myself of very joyable things about my job. Um, I'm blessed. One of the best things that keeps me keeps things new for me is my job begins and ends with people and it begins someplace else new so I travel it can begin in one city and I'll work with that student until they're complete and then I move and it's and then there's constant adding to my list of people that I work with and then I, I'm in new towns and new places and I'm moving around a lot of free time that I get to speak, talk to the Lord. I am in a constant conversation with God and seeking God on understanding. I need to understand in order for me to be beneficial to the kingdom of God and the calling he has on my life. So I'm constantly wanting to seek and understand and I get so much time with that. These are the kind of things that you have to remind yourself about, you know, and, um, marriage is, is one of the, you know, that that's the hard one. It's so quick when people get bored with that marriage, they start to get angry about things they once loved about the person. Now they're bored. There's no excitement. There's no newness. There's people that'll start looking for somebody else to bring them newness and to bring them excitement. And so having that faithfulness to that marriage is, is it's a mindset. You have to go into it that way. You know, I certainly um, think that we all need to have that. I wish we could all have that training before we get married. You know, uh, it's not, we don't live in a, in a world where parents are either setting the example or having the conversation before their kids get married um, because of the mistakes of my marriage and the, the, that, the fact that it failed I am I made sure that I give my my children this speech and we live a life where we understand and we call out the need for marriage and understanding that marriage is not meant for divorce and the importance of you know only marrying once you know for sure that that's a man sent from God but um, don't be marriages that'll last that aren't necessarily God marriages I mean it's I I'm not saying that you know there's people that are unsaved that can't make marriage work um, that could have been instilled in their lives growing up and that's fine but for for my family I, I want them to seek God first and let God bring their husbands before them. But um, again, 
I'm just thinking this through about newness and what it's going to take if you get married and or you know anything other than marriage but that you get married and you can keep the relationship full of love you know I think if a man were or a woman were to say okay we got married and it was all this newness the mysteries there we fell for each other and now we've created a family together fall in love with the family that you created together you know fall in love with um, the home that you've created together fall in love with the hard work that you see your wife putting into certain things um, and you see your husband putting it fall into love to those things not searching for whatever it is that you had specifically at the beginning um, I think it's it's hard for marriages when they get the pressure of having to financially provide so much that the stress level is naturally going to increase you know and I I think people need to analyze what their breaking point is to really sit down and think things through such as we've had one child we're handling it really well do you feel stressed in this last year that we've no no and and then if you look at do you you know and you ask yourself do you feel stressed and if neither of you feel stressed and you're maintaining this one child and you're maintaining your jobs and the amount of hours that you're working and you're maintaining the house payment and still giving yourself whatever it is you feel you need outside of that uh, as far as like vacations or you know um, clothes or, or whatever it is that you feel you want to purchase if you're able to maintain all of that and you're not stressed then maybe say let's think about a second child and then if you decide to add that second child then if you get to a point where you're kind of wanting a third child sit down and reevaluate are we stressed where are we you know in our finances and our fine our um our relationship where are we as a husband and wife you know i just see so many people adding children to marriages that are already stressed out and we're adding dogs or animals to already stressed out relationships or already stressed out relationships adding a brand new house a brand new car payment and nobody sits down and says to the, in the relationship as a couple like okay we're are we doing good enough to add this third child are, are we how is your mental state I don't know honey I'm pretty stressed out I'm working if you haven't noticed I've started working 60 hours a week now instead of the 40 and I don't know how long I can keep up and say you know oh that's okay it's just not meant for us to have a third child right now you know if it's meant for you to have that third child everything's going to line up you're not going to have to add a child into a, a situation that's already starting to kind of get cracks in it 
but people don't sit down and think this stuff through. They're just going with it. Wake up one day and they're pregnant. Or, my goodness, how many of us have seen relationships that are going south and soured, and yet they want to add a baby in to try to fix the relationship? Is that not the craziest toxic thinking you've ever heard? It happens all the time. Babies don't fix relationships for the most part. I mean, there's exceptions, uh, you know. There is there are exceptions, but you, that's a very low percentage ex, uh, exception. Everybody thinks they're part of that high percentage exceptions on some of these foolish decisions they make. But um, that's just my thought on it. Again, you know, um, if I had the thoughts I have now in my 20s, my life would be different. But I had to go through it to learn it. But um, some of this stuff I already knew in my 20s. I never understood, even as a child, some of the purchases and, and things that were being done with electric bills needing paid. I didn't understand a lot of the financial um, decisions that were being made even as a child and so some of that stuff God had just kind of helped me see and realize no that doesn't work and um, you see it enough you make sure you don't make those mistakes and you learn from that just by their mistakes right well that's what I wanted to share today and uh, I um definitely hope that it was a blessing to you as much as it was for me to share it with you. Be blessed until we meet again.